And then at that five-year mark, when you're ready to start converting your priorities and then converting that active income into passive income in this case, it's absolutely a huge strategy for people to remember. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us today. Allie Boone. How you doing, Allie? I am so good and I'm so glad to be here. How are you? Well, I'm so glad that you're here and I'm doing well. You are a returning guest. Actually, episode number 40 is when we first introduced you to the listeners, and it was titled, Love is in the Air, Matching <laughs> Investors and something. I'm clicking the link. Love I mean, you got to bring a little love to this industry. Yeah, right? exactly. Nobody exactly. does. So. Why not? Right. Why not? And <laughs> episode 40, anything goes when you're only 40 episodes in, and now you're <laughs> over 2,000, which you might say the same so thing awesome. about over 2,000. So that was one episode, episode 40. So if you want to hear... Allie's best ever advice, then go check out that, which aired October 13th, 2014. Seriously? Oh, yeah. I may have to go back and listen. I wonder it, what my advice yeah, was in 2014. It's, it's, it's been a little bit. <laughs> wow. I had no idea it was that long ago. Yep. And then episode 1,972 titled The Burr and Turnkey Combo Approach on a Skill Set Sunday. And today... We're taking a little different approach to our conversation, and we're going to be talking about some things we can learn from Allie's new book, which is titled, Not Your How-To Guide to Real Estate Investing, Life Lessons on Hacking Your Mind Before You Hack Your Wallet. And clearly, from a mindset standpoint, this is going to be helpful for any investor listening to this show, regardless of what your focus is, really quick, a couple things about Allie. If you don't have a memory like an elephant back from 2014 when I first introduced her, she's the owner of Hipster Investments. They focus on helping investors purchase turnkey and off-market rental properties. They facilitated over $18 million in real estate in their first five years. She's based in Venice Beach, California. So with that being said, Allie, just real quick, you want to give the best ever listeners a refresher of your background, and then let's get right into a couple lessons we can learn for hacking our mind before we hack our wallet. Sure. So the super short version of my background is I grew up with a very typical mindset of go to school, get good grades, get a good job, have job security and retire when you're 65. So I went that route and I come from an aviation family. So I had gotten my pilot's license and I ended up getting a degree in aerospace engineering because hello, we're better to get job security and do that thing you're quote unquote yep. supposed to do. So I did that and I went into the field of aerospace engineering and I lasted not maybe 30 seconds. I hadn't even sat down in my chair yet before I realized I hated it. I was like, oh, 
<laughs> Literally, you didn't sit down in your chair before you... I had you... not sat down. How, how did you know that you didn't like it? <laughs> I don't know. I can picture the image in my head. So now, mind you, it was in grad school. I was flight instructing. That was my job while I was in grad school. So my office, so to speak, was a sky and adventure and airplanes and yeah. all this excitement. So then I land again, air quotes, the mm-hmm. dream job. So I show up with my business casual clothes that I already hated. Mm-hmm. And the person walking me to my cubicle, I'll never forget turning into the cubicle. It was just like life stopped right there. And I mm-hmm. looked at this gray drab <laughs> thing and I swear I didn't even take a step before the voice in my head was like, uh-oh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> this isn't going to work. So I did end up sitting down in my chair and I sat there for five years. I had a couple job position changes in there and I did some really cool stuff. It really was the dream job. It just wasn't my dream job. So I spent that entire five years that I was there trying to figure out my way out of corporate and fast forwarding. I didn't really mean to choose real estate, but that's kind of how it panned out. I actually talk about it a lot in the book, just for the process that I went through to find the thing that works. And the entire last part of the book is those exact steps that I took to get me out of corporate can also get you into real estate or whatever you're trying to do. So I really break that down, but I left corporate in 2012. So I've been doing this real estate entrepreneur thing. And if you catch me on different days, I may have different words for real estate entrepreneur <laughs> <Right>. thing, but <laughs> there, Me too. there might be a couple extra words sprinkled in uh-huh. there. So let's see, I officially started real estate in 2011. So I'm right at the decade mark. Mm. And it's been really cool because I was investing in my own properties, but I've also been helping other people buy properties. So I feel like I've really seen, well, I never say I've seen it all because as soon as mm-hmm. I say that something blows up. So it's been quite the adventure to say the least. Before we get into some specific life lessons for hacking your mind before you hack your wallet, why did you write this book? I'm so glad you asked that. I wrote this book because what I found, I spent those five years just trying to find anything to get me out of corporate. And what I really found from reading books and everything else was I was either going to have to start a business or invest in real estate. So mind you, I was at the very beginning, like a lot of people are, to get into this fairly complicated industry. And it's not complicated so much from the logistics standpoint. It's just that none of us learned any of this in school. So I know when I typed in how to be a real estate investor, what's the first thing you see? Flip a house, go wholesale, wholesale for no money down, all these kinds of things. And I found the navigation process of the whole thing really complicated. And that was without me using the big platforms that are out there now, like bigger pockets and all those things where on one hand, they're incredibly helpful because there's so much information available. But what I've really seen in coaching people and helping them with turnkeys and everything else is it's almost kind of gone past the point of helpful. It is still to an extent, but there's so much information out there. So again, now you type in how to be a real estate investor, and there's so much that comes at you. And what I've seen over the years is that, to me, the mindset is more important than anything else. My theory is that if your mindset's not right, there's not a how-to guy in the world that's going to help you. Mm. And what I've seen in the real estate investing industry is that it's mostly how-to guides, and that's great. Those are needed. But how do you choose what strategy to get into in the first place? How do you know what's going to work for you? How do you do it without throwing darts with a blindfold on and really just kind of taking that step back. And I realized that sometimes mindset's not the most exciting thing because when we are getting into real estate, it's like, Oh, I'm so excited. I want to get a property. I want to invest. I want to do all these things. And it's like, okay, cool. 
but can you pause for a second, take a step back and really kind of put some thought into this as far as how do you set yourself up to choose a strategy that might be a good fit for you and not just go flying off into the deep end crazy town. So that was my motivation is really my own mindset, the information that I felt like I was lacking getting into this industry. And then again, working with a lot of other people, it feels like there's this entire missing conversation. So that's what prompted me to write this book is to try and start that conversation. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget-to-actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest-growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. I remember when I first got started, about the time, a little bit earlier than when we originally spoke back on episode 40 in commercial real estate. And it's a big daunting thing, commercial real estate, whenever you're investing in something else at the time, which I was doing single family homes. And I remember hearing Tony Robbins talk about 80% of mastering anything is psychology and 20% Mm -hmm. are the mechanics. And I thought, shut up. Just give me the mechanics. Like, just give me everybody. I want the mechanics. Give me, give me the how to guide. But it's, it's, it's right because life is messy and business is messy and it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray. And if you don't know how to navigate the gray mentally and emotionally and perhaps spiritually, then the mechanics won't matter because there's no book or how-to guide that's going to be able to let you know of all the different nuances that come with a deal or with a seller negotiation or with a tenant skipping out on you. It's just impossible for mm-hmm. a book to cover all the different scenarios that could take place. So yeah. ultimately, we've got to be equipped with the right mindset. So I completely embrace your approach. So what are some specifics in the book from a 
hacking your mind. And why call it hacking your mind? Why not call it developing something less aggressive? Yeah, something less. Well, <laughs> something, Take a machete to that thing. Yeah, some, something less. Um, when I read hacking your mind, I think of a shortcut because it's a hack versus developing something for sustainability. So first off, will you address that? And that's just mm-hmm. my perception, but will you just address that first? No, I love that. So what I really found is when I started into real estate and specifically entrepreneurship, which when you're a real estate investor, one could argue if that's all you're doing, it still is a form of entrepreneurship. In my case, I was doing real estate and actually starting a business. And before that, when I was a pilot and an engineer, everything was very linear. I could control everything the airplane's not doing what I want it to do. I make it do what I want to do. That's what I'm trained to do with the airplane. And it was really stepping into entrepreneurship where suddenly it felt like I had no control over anything. And there were certain things I could control, but I couldn't necessarily control the outcome. And it's a little bit the same with real estate investing as well with my properties. All I can really do with those is do the best that I can and learn as much as I can and try to manage them as much as I can, because at the end of the day, I still can't necessarily control the outcome. It's kind of like all I can do is the best I can do. So what I really found in that journey and what I've been going through in the last 10 years is really completely reframing my brain because my brain was used to being in control of things. It was used to being able to come up with the linear steps to make something happen. And all of a sudden, everything I knew about my brain wasn't working anymore. One of my favorite reflections was in the very beginning, I'm in my first year of entrepreneurship. I'm making no money. I don't know exactly how all this is going to work. And my brain was freaking out. And I finally sat down with myself. I probably sounded like a schizophrenic, but I sat down with myself. I was like, okay, look, brain, here's what I'll give you is we will give it until December 31st of this year to see what we can do. Mm -hmm. And on December 31st, if things are not looking good, we'll go back to engineering. It'll be okay. Let's just give ourselves, I think at this point, it was eight months, for example. And we're going to give ourselves eight months. You don't have to worry about anything in those eight months other than see what you can come up with. And we'll reevaluate December 31st. So December 31st comes around. It's like, okay, let's sit down. How are things looking? And there was enough reason to believe things had started really picking up. And it's like, okay, we'll extend the trial period. We'll extend another three months and we'll reevaluate. So it was almost like tricking my mind because prior to setting that little arrangement up, my mind was just freaking out. It was like, oh my God, how are we going to get income? Who's going to buy properties? How, oh, ah, how are we going to pay rent? And I was like, cool. I appreciate that. So I had to trick it a little bit. And as soon as I set up that little arrangement, I'm not sure a better word for it, it calmed down. It's like, oh, cool. Worst case, we go back to engineering December 31st. No problem. So that's what put it in my head that in a way, when I think of hacking, it's kind of like go around the norm or you trick, I don't want to say trick isn't quite the right word, but your mind oftentimes can try and be an entity of its own. Right. It's the inner roommate in your head, that voice in your head, it has its own life. And to some extent, you have to control that. And doing that, you have to teach it certain things. It's like, hey. Why don't we look at this a different way? So that's what I think of of hacking is kind of hacking through all the weeds and everything else that we've all learned. We've all gotten certain messages in our heads. The things we thought are true may not necessarily be true. So how can you hack through all of that in order to figure out where you're going? 
So now that is a good segue to a couple specific hacks that you wrote about in your book. What are a couple things that we can learn about during this conversation? So I'm going to save my favorite for last. I'm going to start with just kind of a basic one. And actually, because you alluded to it earlier, is one of the hacks is so basic. It's reframing the idea of failure. Because so often people don't get into investing because they're afraid of failing, whether they are even aware that that's their fear or not. People have this huge fear of failure. Whether if they fail, what does it say about them? They should have been able to do that, on and on and on. And real estate investing of all industries, guess what? If you're in it for more than about five minutes, something's going to fail. That's just part of what it is. And not to be all cliche about it, but it's that whole, if it was that easy, everybody would do it kind of thing. But it's Mm -hmm. true because you were talking about getting knocked down, getting back up. And that is absolutely required for real estate investing, because it's just going to happen. Maybe some people scoop by with a few properties and don't have anything major, but for the most part, most of us are going to hit that failure point. So I talk a lot about failure and really just a realizing that I even changed the word. I don't even want to call it failure because failure suggests something that I don't think it is. I think it's a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. And later in the book, I go through what happens when you quote unquote fail And the best thing you can do is give yourself a second to process it. You don't want to completely ignore your feelings about it, but then look back, where could you change things? How could you make things better and use that to move forward? And if you look at any of the great investors out there, you'll see that they've all done that. Bill Gates, Buffett, all those guys, how many millions of dollars have they lost at some point? over the course of their careers, you have to get back up. So that's just kind of a basic one that oftentimes I feel like we all kind of know that that's how we should navigate failure, but it's kind of a reminder of, hey, that's actually really important. Perseverance, that's a big one in this industry, just because, again, none of us learned this in school. There's not a syllabus. There's not a linear process for it. There's not a step-by-step. It's an on-the-job learning opportunity. That's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) It it reminds me of a video that I should have been watching, but I was listening to because I was working out. It was with Jim Rome, and he talks about how he was interviewing someone, and that person was really successful, and he had a kid, and the kid was a girl, and he'd sit down with his daughter, who was probably 10 or 11 at the time, and he would ask her every day what's something that she failed at. And they would celebrate that failure. Oh, I love that. And it was exactly what you're talking about is to condition her to understand that, hey, if you're not failing at something, then you're not pushing yourself enough. And ultimately, clearly, we have to learn from Mm -hmm. the failures. That warms my heart because I was fortunate to have parents that really built up confidence in me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a critical trait. And I've had so many friends, I've known so many people who don't really have confidence. And I can't imagine how their lives would have been different or even my life be different if you learn to celebrate the failures. Because at that point, there's not really anything to lack confidence about. It's like, yippee, I failed. (laughs) Right on. What's next? (laughs) Exactly. I actually heard a term today on Instagram, fail up. If you're going to fail, fail fail up. And I was like, oh man, that's so good. Yeah. When you celebrate, here's what happened that didn't go perfectly that I was wanting to go perfectly, but didn't. Well, you're learning for how to optimize it moving forward. But I think even more importantly, you're understanding that it's okay not to be perfect and therefore you'll take more chances in life later 
And ultimately, if you take more chances in life and you've learned from all these failures intentionally leading up to that point, you're going to be a very savvy person when you do take those measured chances when you become a professional. And I think there's also a spiritual side too. I think there's kind of an unsaid rite of passage. If you want to be super successful, it's almost a rite of passage that you have to get knocked down. You've got to end up in the dirt because anybody could start a business or it's like, hey, separate the men from the boys here. Mm -hmm. Let's see what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, yay, I failed. I'm so much closer to success. How great. Mm -hmm. And like they talk about salespeople, they have to get 19 no's to get one yes or something like that. Every no leads me closer to a yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. So. I like that one, but that wasn't your favorite. It's not. I was like, well, let's start with a little All more. Right. What's your, which one's your favorite? So my favorite one, this has been my favorite for a while, and I was so excited to actually put it in writing, is I've had a theory for quite a while that there are actually three true currencies in the world. Money, we all know. Time and sanity. Mm-hmm. And Everything I do in life, if I'm trying to buy a service or get something, if I'm trying to get something, I'm going to pay for that thing in one or more of those currencies, period. So I've always been involved with turnkey Mm -hmm. rental properties, which a lot of people totally trash on. They're like, you could get so much more money. Well, okay, let's put the currencies to this money, time, and sanity. For me, I would rather pay more money for something if it means I get to save my time and sanity. Sanity for me is number one. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I actually talk about really thinking about how do you rank those currencies? Because when you understand that, it's going to completely change how you make decisions. My favorite example being I can't tell you how many people I've heard from or have reached out saying that they want to start wholesaling. I'm like, great, that sounds cool. And then they mention that they have a full-time job and a family of five. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, when are you going to wholesale? I would assume I don't have a family of five or that kind of job, but I would assume in that situation that time is probably going to be your number one currency because I can't imagine that you have any of it. So if you're talking about a strategy like wholesaling, Wholesaling is the most active strategy possible. It's work. So a lot of people don't really think that through of, oh, I don't actually have any time. Maybe I should think about a strategy that doesn't involve so much time or commercial investors. I think of the beginner investors who want to make all the money. Commercial is huge, huge for money and returns. Absolutely. But at the same time, when someone's just getting started and they have no idea what they're doing, I would imagine their sanity is going to go swirling down the toilet when they have no idea what they're doing. It's kind of like, okay, cool, but you've got to build up a little bit and get there and money may not be number one right away. So I go through a couple of real life examples, like should you hire a housekeeper? Well, let's look at it. Money, time, and sanity. How much are you going to spend to save your time? And depending on how much you like cleaning your house or not, sanity. So I use it every single day, even in non-real estate stuff. Everything I do and everything I try and get, I'm like, okay, would I rather pay more money for it if it's going to save my time and sanity? Or do I maybe not mind giving up the time for it because it brings me some kind of joy? It's a little bit of a balancing act. And I think when people really put those into perspective, it could change a lot of decisions for a lot of people. That's helpful. I like that a lot. It's a filter in which we can look through and decide how to approach different decisions Mm -hmm. that we have personally and professionally. I have something similar on my vision board where I have 
my three priorities as a person. And number one is health. Number two is freedom. And number three is enjoyment. I love that. And the decisions I make with my time are directly reflected in how I prioritize those three things. And Mm -hmm. clearly there's four through a million after that, but those are the top three health, freedom, enjoyment for me. So if I'm sitting around on my computer, I'm like, what am I doing? Get my butt (laughs) up on that walking treadmill and Uh let's let's do both because health is number one. So it's being very intentional in your Mm -hmm. case with the three types of currency, money, time, and sanity. And the turnkey rentals is a surprise, surprise. That's a beautiful example of of that where you could make more money, but Mm -hmm. you have to be more active. And same thing with syndications, right? You, as a limited partner, passive investor, you could make more money if Mm -hmm. you were a general partner doing your own deals, but there's a lot of time and sanity you're going to (laughs) sacrifice for that money. And just what do you want to do? How do you want to invest your time? And if you think about it too, someone brought up, I don't know why I hadn't thought about this before, but when people talk about financial freedom, everyone wants financial freedom. But if you actually look at that and if you actually ask people what it is that they really want, it's time freedom. It's not financial freedom because what does financial freedom get you? Retirement. You get to do whatever you want, whenever you want. The finances aren't actually what people are seeking. It's that time freedom. And goes to the currencies of like, oh, I could make more returns if I got more hands-on. Yeah, I love the syndications example. It's exactly true. Or you could do syndications. Maybe you could make money elsewhere. But again, are you after financial freedom or are you after time freedom? And everyone's answer is going to be different. My answer is going to be different from the next guy, from the next guy. We all have different priorities and reasons for what we're doing. There's a whole chapter about really thinking about your why and the stronger you can get your why, the more you're going to hang on and be able to persevere because oftentimes our why is a lot deeper than we even think it is. It's like, oh, I want time freedom. Okay, well, what does that actually get me? Well, that gets me time with my family. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Tell me more Mm -hmm. because when you really connect with something, that's what's going to be your adrenaline and your motivator to just keep trucking no matter how hard things get. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Do you manage your own rental properties? If you do, or if you're about to, I want to tell you about RentReady because I'm guessing they have some services that you wish you had. RentReady is a property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. With RentReady, you're able to collect rent online and get paid. Find the perfect tenant with the built-in screening and listing service and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using the card, ACH, cash. They can set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it. And they can even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. And the best part, RentReady is unlimited. That's right. All this is flat-priced. There's no tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for investors who manage their own properties so that you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the best ever listeners. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only 54 bucks at RentReady.com when you use our special code BESTEVER. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com with the code B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R 
at rentready.com to get Rent Ready's annual plan for only 54 bucks. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. A lot of listeners of this episode will likely be thinking, well, I understand the three currencies, money, time, sanity, and a lot of them are probably thinking, well, during this period of time, I'd like to sacrifice time and sanity for money for, say, five years, 10 years, and then knowing that I'm sacrificing the time and sanity to make more money to do my own stuff, mm-hmm. then I will pivot at that point and then yep. reconfigure my approach and then focus more on the time and sanity and then have yep. the money that I've accumulated during this sprint of five, 10 years, whatever it is, then have that work. I absolutely love that, how you phrase all of that. And I've been doing a lot more real estate investing coaching lately. And everybody comes, they're like, I have a passive income goal of 5K a month or 10K a month or whatever. And a lot of times, exactly what you're saying is cool, but don't forget the possibility of using active income to get passive income. And everyone's like, wait, what? I want passive income. Well, if you hit it hard for five years, for example, and you Mm -hmm. take all of that income and then at that point transfer it into passive income opportunities, you might be able to hit because you can't just pull money out of the sky and just have 10 K of passive income right away. And most of us don't have the capital to just make that happen instantaneously, but yeah, exactly how you describe that. So in that case, it's exactly what you said, where the money would be ranked number one. Who cares about time and sanity for the next five years? Just do it. And then at that five-year mark, when you're ready to start converting your priorities and then converting that active income into passive income in this case, it's absolutely a huge strategy for people to remember. How can the best ever listeners learn more about you and get in contact with you? I set up a link just for your folks where you can get information on me and contact me and all that. But probably more exciting than that is I have set up where you can get a free digital copy of the book since we've been sitting here talking about it for so long. So the link is hipsterinvestments.com slash best ever free book all one word. And you can get a free digital copy there. There is a link to Amazon if you're a nerd like me and need to hold a book in your hand. That's me <laughs> too. Digital yeah. books do not work for me at all. Uh, but you can at least get a free digital copy there. And I would love if anybody checks it out to hear from you. If you can throw a review on Amazon, that'd be great. But I would love to be in touch with everybody and see what you guys think about the book. Well, Allie, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for sharing a couple lessons from your book. Looking forward to downloading it and also buying it on Amazon because I am a freak like you. I only like the, <laughs> the hard copy. We're and such the minority these days. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me.